Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Go Off This podcast. Everyone, I am, I'm so excited right now because it is officially cuffing season. So get your shoes and come on because we're about to be out here. And because we know it is wild out there, everyone has forgotten how to interact. The lost art of dating is real. We're here to bring it back and talk about all things dating, relationships, and love the way that we deserve to be love, okay? So I know we've all heard of relationship goals, but today we are talking about relationship gold with a D. Yes, those gems, nuggets, diamonds of relationship advice, stories, good, bad, and the ugly, because we're going deep today, okay? Deeper than a Drake interlude, okay? Deeper than a grand rising queen text, okay? Deeper than a social media background check by your best friend of the man that you've been dating for two weeks but do not know. that deep. And we're going to get into it, okay? Who are the people that we trust for relationship advice and don't? What are our deal breakers? What does a healthy cuffing season look like? A healthy breakup even? And how can we normalize those green flags as Black women when we're so often only handed red ones? Get excited, okay? Because we're breaking this show up into two parts because one just ain't enough. So today, we're talking the gems of dating. And next time, don't forget to come back because we will be talking about the gems of maintaining a relationship, marriage, and all that good stuff. I'm so excited to have my Unbothered crew with me to help guide us through this conversation and a very, very special guest along for the whole ass ride today because we couldn't have just done it for the ending. You have seen her all over your feed, making you hysterically laugh across all those platforms. She is a celebrated voiceover artist and storyteller, okay? Drawn over 10 million views to her original content and countless more to her actual day job marketing. Look, we love a booked and busy queen. Please welcome your and my favorite digital content creator, Joy Afudu. Thank you. I'm I'm blushing black. Oh, oh, I... (laughs) I literally, I love that. Okay, Joy, so welcome to the podcast. Welcome to Go Off Sis. And the way we do things around here, so we're all going to introduce ourselves and kick off with a question for the roundtable, all right? So I want you to say hey to the people, and I want everyone to tell me your petty anthem, all right? Because we're going to be getting lifted with those gems, but you also know cuffing season comes with a side of petty. So, So let's go, Joy, okay? Tell me, what is your petty anthem, boo? Oh, hey, let's <laughs> let's get into it. Uh, for me, I really resonate with music um, that reminds me of where I've been. You know, not where I am currently, but where I've been. And my petty mm. anthem is Once Upon a Time by Mrylin. I've really joined you all today, not to participate in whatever this is, but to make a confession. <laughs> Once Upon a Time, not long ago, I was a hoe. And mm. I'm admitting it, and, and I won't Testify. take it back. Because I did this, I was a hoe. Mm -hmm. And I I really like the idea of calling out to the people, to all my gold-digging hoes, um, and bringing them around. It's my petty anthem because it reminds me of just how much I was really out there, open to everything. And now I'm in, I think, a bit more of a selective, you know, period of discernment. So that's my petty anthem. It's in the past. Reminds me of where I've been and still is worth, it's worth a slap every once in a while. And also, like, I appreciate that, you know, you can still be a hoe out here. Like, hoe with a heart. That's that's what I say, you know? Like, hoe with a heart. So A hoe with a heart uh, of gold. Not, not a heart of gold. 
Did we just create a new hashtag? Because I think we did. No, that's it. Hoeing with the heart. If nothing else, please take that away. So happy to have you, Joy. All right, Steph, how you feeling? How we doing? I'm great. Hey, y'all. I'm Stephanie Long, one of two senior editors for I'm Bothered. And y'all know I got to always pick some weird Aquarius shit. So (laughs) I promise my petty anthem is not as violent as it sounds. It's Blood on the Ground by Incubus. And I'm going to tell you why. Because I think it's like the most eloquent and like self-aware diss track ever. Like Brandon Boyd in that song is basically saying like he doesn't want to hear anything that this person wants to say anymore and it's driving him crazy and like listening to them is like literally like what's he say like chewing on tinfoil or something like Mm. that but then like at the same time he's also like you know what I'm gonna choose silence and I'm just gonna like mind my business because through silence I find my better judgment and like I'm just not gonna let you get to me that deeply when I tell you that song got me through the breakup of all breakups listen there's nothing like a nice calm self-aware, like, petty anthem. Ooh. That's my pick. <laughs> that is so true. And maybe that's an air sign thing, Steph, because I'm I the same way. I'm yeah. like, I, I see that I'm just leaving you on red forever. Yeah. So, it's, yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. Okay, Maya, our Dirty South Queen, how you feeling? What's up? You know, I'm coming from the South, the Deep South, not really just North Florida. <laughs> and I'm your social content creator here at Unbother. I'm a little bit more upbeat. I'm more a little vindictive. I need these hoes to know I'm flawless. Yeah, that's pretty much that. I need them to know I don't care. You lost out. You wish you did have, but you don't now. Also, cash shit by Megan Thee Stallion. Everything mm. is just very much, when we're done, it's always about me. It's gonna. It's just always about me. You just, you lost me. You can never say you had me again. Don't call my phone, because I'm very much, oh, that, who this? Oh, this you? Ha, 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 screenshot group chat. Don't play with me. <laughs> yeah, that way. That was that was a warning. Bro. Just so you, <laughs> Stop, playing warning. Stop playing with him. Stop playing with him. I felt yeah. charged. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Anae, tell us how you feeling. Hey, y'all, it's the doll, Anae Komunibo, culture critic here. And um, I'm a little bit more on the toxic side because I have three, depending on my mood. Go to, first of all, I think Beyonce is always going to be a petty anthem. It's don't hurt yourself. Stop playing mm, with me. Mm. Stop playing with me. I'm, I'm on Maya's level, except mm-hmm. it's not like, oh, you lost me. I will actually fight. Mm, mm. I, I've grown a lot, but I, I do throw hands and I do shout. So don't hurt yourself. Stop playing. But then, you know, on the more relaxed side, it's I'm dipping in my Drake bag. It's going to be jaded by Drake. Perfect. Stop. You know what you did. You're trash. You're whack. Mm, period. Mm-hmm. And then the it's also Diamonds <laughs> Dancing with Future, but only the end where Drake says, you're doing me dirty. Your mom would be ashamed of mm. you. How could you live with yourself? Mm. That's something, a level of toxicity <laughs> that I feel mm-hmm. like when you've reached your ceiling and your limit, you have to be like, how could you disgrace your family, your whole generation, your and whole ancestry? <laughs> Are you not embarrassed? Are you not embarrassed? And I feel like that's a perfect petty. You're, you're a disgrace. That's it. Love it. Yes, like yes, yes, literally, yes. no one's gonna date us after this. This is amazing. I, I'm, I'm obsessed <laughs> and I'm ready for these because I'd almost be honored to like be part of these anthems, to be honest. So, all right, I am Chelsea Sanders, your VP here at Unbothered. I'm gonna keep the Drake train running because y'all know he's my problematic fave forever. And it's gonna be for me, shot for me. 
it's it's real simple. Steph, again, the like low key, like I'm really mad at you, but I'm just going to be talking in a very monotone way because what you won't know is how much I cared. Okay. Mm. So first I made you who you are and then I made it. So that walk, that's me. That talk, that's me. Okay. Because I'm also the person that's like, if you hang enough around me, you're going to start talking like me and like get my mannerisms and like do that. And so I literally am like, no, no, no. You got all of that from me. Chelsea, <laughs> say yes. I'm low-key influential. No, I, I'm just <laughs> saying, I'm just saying I didn't like invent it. I'm just saying I perfected it. So, you know, that's all. Just, just notes. But okay. So I'm glad now that we've gotten the petty out of the way, let's just, well, get to more of the petty. I wanted to have this conversation today was because I was having a conversation this summer with my brothers and my brother-in-law in in LA with my family about relationships. I'm the only single person in my family by choice. And they were talking about, you know, relationships and who do I look for and who do I look to when it comes to getting relationship advice? And what does that sort of look like for me? And why? And I told them, I was like, I usually go to my girlfriends and they're like, wait, you're not going to other dudes or other guys for relationship advice. And I was like, absolutely not. Like, not at all. And they were like, well, that makes no sense. You should be. And so I vehemently disagreed. And I want to just ask you guys a little bit, you know, if you're looking for advice in love, who are you going to? Because I think we might all be going to the wrong people, perhaps. But I just want to sort of open up that conversation about where we're even getting these messages about dating and about relationships. Joy, I want to start with you. Absolutely. For me, it's like, it's kind of like that conversation that y'all had with Yvonne. There are people who have already been to a place, and when they start advising you from that place where they've been, it's not in a loving way. It's almost in a really angry, resentful, I wish I had done this since I can't correct my past actions. I'm going to come at you with this advice. So I just feel like we are the first generation to be born into an all internet, all the time, abundance of choice, right? Able to marry for love. Women don't have to get married. People don't have to get married to have fulfilling lives. So it's upsetting a lot of people. It's shaking the table. But I just believe that if we want something different, if we want healthy relationships and we want to overcome a precedent that has been set that was kind of by like cultural force, cultural fire, then we just need to write our own set of rules. I feel like comedians are low-key a great place for me to go for this. Mm. I just find the internet comedians super funny. I'm in my own company and I'm able to laugh about the experiences, the joy, the pain that I have in relationships. Sometimes I act as the people that would give me advice. So if you've seen my Dark Skin Women's Council videos, those are the elders that kind of drop in on me. Uh, So I think if I was in a really kind, loving place, but also a super ambitious place, What is the wildest love story that I would dream up for myself? What's the most grace that I would extend for myself? I try to give myself advice from that place. Mm, How's that going for you? (laughs) It's No, it's literally, um, (laughs) I'm not going to lie, the first season was rough. The first first couple seasons of it, because I was still getting the advice. I was still going through it. But now I'm in, (laughs) my heart is fine, (laughs) question mark. I'm in a really healthy, happy place. I feel fulfilled. I'm not burned out from dating or from love. But I'm also not diving in headfirst. I'm in a nice, calm place where I feel like, cool, I've heard a lot of awesome stories, taken in these great inputs, plenty of unsolicited advice in the DMs, plenty of rules that are passed down to me from others on social, but that I've made my own book. 
of what I will and won't accept. And so this is genuine. Like I'm genuinely in a blissful place with it right now. I feel like Mm. I can put my whole leg back in dating, you know, full-time, full-force, seeking out these boys, Uh, which, you know, they're, they're exhausting. Maya, how about you? I can agree and disagree in the same sense. I understand the basics of asking men about relationships with men. But also, as I've lived experiences as a Black woman, I'm kind of like, you as a man don't know what it's like to date men as a woman. So it's easy for you as a man to say what you're saying because you're going to tell me what you want out of me and you're not going to consider me when you're saying it. So I think that's the biggest discrepancy for me. And I feel like even for myself, I've had other men tell me men are dumb. So why would I listen to you about what men want. And I know for a fact your compadres are saying you're a fool. So the math isn't really mathing for me. You know, I want to take relationship advice, obviously from people who are smart, but those insightful men, where they at? Where they at? That's a great question. They're in happy, healthy relationships. Well, girl, relinquish him so he could give advice to the other one. <laughs> like, back up. I don't want him. I just want the information. Not just relinquish. let him just give us the information. <laughs> like, girl, come, you just come to her like, hey, sis, you happy? He doing everything right? All right, just back up for a second. Let me ask him a question. Let me ask him, where are your nigga friends at? <laughs> no, but tr- here's my question, though. And Maya, I really want to ask because, again, I know you and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm really genuinely asking. If you ever did get that great advice, you were able to identify someone who yeah. had your best interests at heart and could also call you out on things. Yes. Would you Would you take it? If you I were- take it and I run with it and I apply it because I've had a past where I didn't want to listen. I thought mm. I knew everything about everything and I didn't. And To this day, especially me, I know if I'm in like a serious setting, the things that I can say can come up like, damn, she's, she's a lot. She's intense. And I'm like, is what I just did, that was that a lot? Because it wasn't my purpose, but I can understand how it can come off in that way. So when I ask for perspective, it's never for what men want. It's always how can I improve myself? Because with or without a man, I need to be doing that. Mm. And I think, Steph, when we were talking about this, you mentioned that you also look to to different people, too, like in your family to be able to do that. Because I think to Maya's point, like it has to be someone that you trust, right, yeah. to even start to take that advice. Yeah, like nine times out of 10, it's going to be my mom or a girlfriend of mine. I do have two two guy friends, two men in my life who are, wow. I feel, secure emotionally. And my whole thing about going to the opposite sex for advice about dating the opposite sex is that I don't want advice from a man unless he's the type of person that I would want to date, if that makes sense. Because otherwise, why am I taking your advice? You know what I mean? But yeah, number one is definitely my mom. Like, she's never been wrong when she's given me dating advice. And the times that I have gone against her word, I've just always kind of been like, dang, I shouldn't listen. That being said, I don't go to her for everything. But if it's something that's like eating at me enough that I just really need a second opinion and I know that she's been through that particular situation before, then I'll go to her and I am super transparent with her. We'll go through like timelines of events, like things that were said, things that were felt. 
My mom's also a clinical psychologist, so there's that. (laughs) (laughs) Free therapy, free therapy. (laughs) And I I think that that's really funny, though, because when I go to my mom for anything, and I I very much edit, like, she's like, well, you know, everyone's out here trying to get you. I'm like, but maybe am I the drama? (laughs) Like, like, those are questions I, I do have to ask myself. So, like, is your mom good about, like, being honest with you when you're maybe not in that space? Or is she always just like, leave that man? No, she's really, I mean, I want to say she's really objective. Like nine times out of 10, she's going to want to walk me through like making the decision on my own. So unless I'm like putting myself in danger or like a very bad situation, she's just going to be like, okay, so you're making this decision. Like, how do you feel now that you've done it? Like, mm-hmm. is this is this aligned with your values? And I think Anae, our doll here, uh, who has who has some thoughts. I just I just want you to jump in here because again, I, I see your face and I know you have thoughts. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I hear what everybody is saying. I feel like I tend me and Maya are very aligned spiritually. I think my girl, we on the same level with it. I personally am have been and am still to this day one of those people who's like it's hard for me to take advice because nobody knows me better than me. I know mm-hmm. who I am. I know what I want and what I'm trying to do. But at the same time, I'm very extreme about my feelings. If I feel a certain thing, you can't tell me that I'm wrong and I'm going to do everything based off of that feeling. And it's not necessarily the most productive way of living your life because a lot of times you're like, oh, I'm not going to do that anymore. And you just shut off the situation before you can have any conflict resolution, talk about something. And so I do go to therapy. And so I've been talking to my therapist a lot about not being as extreme. So I'm checking myself and being like, well... I feel this way and I don't think there's anything wrong. And I'll ask her and she'll be like, okay, well, talk me through the feelings, talk me through the process. And so we'll talk and have those kind of discussions. And I'll be like, well, I guess maybe I shouldn't have blocked him on Instagram for not texting me. Like, you know, maybe I shouldn't have, maybe, maybe I shouldn't have deleted the phone number because he spelled something wrong. You know, something like that. There was just certain things. I'm like, oh, I don't like that. Mm, Delete. And so I also have a twin brother, but we are very alike. So if I can see myself in him and sometimes he'll do things and I'll be like, do I be doing that? Mm. Well, it seems like it's, it's not a big deal. Like, it's fine, you know, so trying mm. to rationalize things. And so it's hard because I know what I want and what I feel and I don't want to discount my own feelings. But I also know that so many of my reactions towards dating and relationships and that kind of like tendency to be extreme is a trauma response. I know that mm. I have I have been through it and I'm trying to not go through that again. So I'm quick to be like, OK, that's done. Let's wrap it up. I feel so seen. <laughs> like, I am you and you are me. Like, honestly, some of the things that I've been sitting with right now with my new therapist is how, like, reactive I can be. Not yeah. all the time. I, I'm a lot better with it. But even, like, in my friendships, like, if I feel like somebody's done me wrong, I'm quick to be like, okay, that's it. You are the weakest link. Goodbye. And it's like, well, where's the conflict resolution? Where's yeah. where's the conversation? Where's where's the the opportunity for you two to grow together and to learn from one another? And then I'm trying to, I'm trying to get better, but it's hard. Trauma makes it hard, man. <laughs> I'm saying this resonates because it's unfortunate how even when it's positive, even when it's a positive gut feeling, it can still fool you. It can still be a mess. Like that feeling of butterflies Mm -hmm. that we often describe. I'm an intuitive, impulsive person just like you and AA. Like I used to lean on my butterflies when I started intentional dating. I was like, if you feel it for him and it's in your heart and in your soul, just go for it. Just jump. Just tell him how you, just say it right away. Because tomorrow isn't promised. Like 
what type of fairy tale bullshit was I? Like, I don't know who fed me that cereal, but it was poisoned. (laughs) And frankly, I was leaning into that gut feeling because it was propelling me like like jet fuel, only to talk to the other person and be like, so you feel it too, right? And they're like, I have no idea where you got that from, where you are. So that gut Mm. and that like inertia that we have that we feel like is actually, you know, it's a natural pull towards someone It can be, this is what I was advised, it can be your body reminding you that you're in danger, that you've been through this pattern before, Mm. and so you are just recognizing a pattern, and that's what's giving you that sick feeling. Not that it's right, not that it's destined, but that you've been here before, and it's time to actually run or stop or slow down in the other direction. I'm sorry, was that a lot? (laughs) I really did. I just had like a movie in my head. Because you are, you're so right. And I think that's so important when we talk about dating and relationships is recognizing patterns, both within ourselves, right? And they, like you're saying that these are responses to whether it is our own personal, collective, or community trauma, right? Yeah. That affects how we date. Or whether it is patterns with other people, right? The people that we're choosing to engage with and, and exchange energies with are maybe maybe not the best or, again, make us feel the same way, whatever that is, over and over. And so as we're sort of like talking about this and thinking about, you know, advice and what these things look like, I want to talk a little bit about those green and red flags, the things that does make our sort of instincts perk up or our stomachs get butterflies or roll, you know? And I think we have this awesome, you know, series on Instagram called Red and Green Flag. Shout out, Maya. And Joy, you were up here in the comp, just dropping gems about red flags and green flags when dating. And so I want to start with you and just tell us a little, what are major red flags for you? The deal breakers that you're like, nope, done, cut. I'm going to tell you what my red flags are. (laughs) Um, The first red flag is nothing for me that compromises my emotional, physical, psychological safety. It's like a three-part thing for me. It's super clear, consistently Mm -hmm. going through the checklist with each new person that I meet. If I don't feel safe in each of those areas, I'm out. And there is a point about conflict resolution, and that is maturity, right? Not just throwing up what you feel. But I think there are some triggers like, physical safety. If you don't feel physically safe with someone, it's unlikely to improve, right? Unless Mm -hmm. there's something that they did that maybe triggered that you can have a conversation about. Mm -hmm. That's a whole podcast episode in in itself. It really is. It really is. (laughs) In those moments, psychology is going to influence how I decide to physically show up again. So that's the one that I protect the absolute most. I need to feel safe and sound in my mind when I'm interacting with you. That's my number one red flag. Mm. That is such a good way to put it, too. Like, just feeling safe, whatever that is for you. And again, for everyone, that's different. But needing to feel safe with your partner. And I feel like one of the things also you said about just, like, gaslighting, right? For me, I'm thinking in dating, I I also don't like when people assume my response and then give it back to me. They're like, oh, you probably are going to do this, right? Or you probably think this. I'm like, no, no, no. You don't know me. And I think it gets sort of really dangerous in that way because it's like you can't predict my behaviors and it almost is like you're saying to me, respond in this way only. Yes, and people who, to your point, like you don't take advice from anyone that you wouldn't date. People who can't get access to you 
love to do that. People who Mm. wouldn't be qualified to Mm. date you, not because any one of us is a better person than the other, but because the standards that you set forth for yourself, they be the main ones. They be the main ones, nine times out of 10, to articulate like, oh, but you're you're doing too much of this and you need to relax on this. This is, you're Mm. you're asking, ain't nobody going to do this Mm -hmm. for you. Yes, they will, actually. You know, actually, yes, they will. It's exactly. not It's not too mm-hmm. much. Someone uh, made a whole thread about how they wouldn't bring their wife flowers. All their wife asked for was flowers once a month. And they went off saying, you know, how ridiculous. I can't believe that she wanted that. Um, I'm like, so you're going to tell the whole internet that you don't want to spend. And with what this person had, you don't want to spend the $19.99 a month or the $9.99 a month to get your wife flowers to make her super happy. We obviously show up to the table with our preferences, with our expectations, Some of them warranted, some of them ridiculous. But we must never deny a guest even the most ridiculous request. And for me, when people try to talk me out of my standards or try to talk me out of my preferences because they don't meet or match them, that makes me really sad and, like, really uncomfortable. I think also, like, exactly, you said, you're telling the whole internet, like, the other thing that is a deal breaker for me is stop telling on yourself. That is one of my biggest things. Again, if you are not aware and respectful of your environment and the people in it, you know, it's the way you treat your family. It's the way you treat waitstaff. It's the way you treat a random person on the corner. You're telling on yourself by the way that you treat them. And I think you're telling on yourself when you're tweeting these things out. And I feel like if I have to make excuses for your behavior in that way and sort of figure out in my mind, no, 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 it's because they had a bad day or no, no, no. Like, no, they're telling on themselves and they told you who they are. It's not going to work. Walk away. Steph, how about you? I got to run back to what to what Joy said about <laughs> safety because like I felt that in my bones. The vibration was intense because as you guys know, I've talked to you guys about this offline. I've been in two abusive relationships and both of those relationships, my emotions were not cared for. Like those men had no regard for me emotionally whatsoever. So emotional safety is so important to me. And I need to also know that the person that I am with is in a place in their life where they're able to process their own emotions in a healthy manner. Because I think in those situations, those people were not in that place. And it's like, if you don't have the capacity to support yourself emotionally, how are you going to support me emotionally? Yeah. So mm-hmm. communication and emotional intelligence are definitely like really important for me. I think also what what you said, Steph, and, and thank you for sharing that, is the energy with which like you're communicating and receiving is like your time, right? Like don't mm-hmm. don't waste my time with this by going sort of playing with my emotions or sitting with them. Like understand that my time and my energy is precious, and yeah. keep that safe if I give it to you. Maya, I want to also talk to you a little bit about like the things that you, you know, as someone who is out here dating and someone who is, I feel like you you have a really uh, lifted point of view when it comes to that. So, and as someone who, again, helped to originate <laughs> these red and green flags on social, hit yes, us with ma'am. some of yours. Okay, so boom. Let's just retract back to what everybody was saying. All I kept hearing was self-reflection. So anytime any one of you brought up something that may, you know, make you feel unsafe, and if it was a problem to the partner, that's a self-reflection moment. Because if my partner tells me something I've done offended or hurt him, my first instinct would not be to say, well, you remembered that wrong. Mm. That would not be my first instinct. My first instinct would be like, oh my gosh, I made you feel like that. 
I am so sorry. Let's talk about what part or the tone of what I said made you feel that way. So all I kept hearing was, up, oh, lack of self-reflection. Up, oh, lack of self-reflection. Up, oh, lack of self-reflection. So therefore, if there's any of that, that means that you think you're perfect. So back to the topic of communication. That's my biggest thing. That's my umbrella thing. Because everything that's underneath that, I feel like can be resolved. Like Chelsea was saying, we recently put out a red flags and it talked about being on time. And in the comments, people were talking about time blindness. Mm. Never, never heard of her, never experienced that emotion, don't even know her cousin. So when people were talking about it, I didn't say anything because it's it's a media page. I know how to hone my comments. But I was thinking, if that is something that you suffer from, then where is the communication? Because if that's just like saying, I have a cold, I can't come out tonight. Why didn't you say, I have time blindness? This is what time blindness is. Because if it's just me, has anybody else heard about that? It's pretty new for me, too. And I was... Exactly. Y'all know I was deep in the comments. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like as much as we feel safe to communicate with our partners about the things that we do struggle or challenged by, we absolutely should. But it it really just yeah. goes to show how like yeah. one red flag is not someone else's red flag. That's someone else's reality. That's just yeah. that's just how someone else processes yeah. time. And so I had to check my own, I think like ego at the door in a sense of like, yeah, if someone's late, I automatically assume they don't care. They did not prepare enough. They didn't invest the energy. Yeah. I've I'm ashamed to say that I've sat outside maybe like longer than 35 minutes, maybe about an hour with some, I'm around the corner, you know, really angry thinking like, how dare they do that to me in my time? Not knowing there's a legion of people mm. who actually struggle with this, with their perception of time. Like mentally, I was like, okay, like ego check. Let me take a step back. Yeah. And that's why I say communication is the umbrella because once you have that to a, not even to a science, but it's improved. Everything else becomes much more, you know, simpatico. Like, oh, I have time blindness. Hey, girl, you know, I got this time blindness. Great. I'll lie to you and tell you to be there an hour earlier than you should be. Mm-hmm. You yeah, see, that, I'm, yeah. I'm flexible. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm just upset because the communication's not there. Like, Joy says she sat somewhere for an hour. If you let me sit somewhere for five minutes and you haven't sent me a text, when you get there, I... I won't yeah. be there. I want. I like oh, to sleep. Maya's, I'm not going to ever meet Maya then. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> For me, uh, Maya, you triggered me because you reminded me of a situation I was in where I had my outfit on. I was out the door. We had FaceTimed several hours prior to the date. On the morning of the date, he was talking about, I'm going to cook you this chicken that is my, it's my special do-do-do. I was like, okay, you know, eating it up like a bird. <laughs> Um, I was so ready for this chicken and for this bread. He's like, yeah, we're going to make a picnic. Like, let me meet you. Where do you want it? He's picking parks with me. I'm like, ooh, a collaborative assignment. I love it. And I'm all ready. I got you. Got my, you know, you do the spritz just so it's like, okay, spritz right behind the ear. You know, no humidity. No humidity. Just, there's mm-hmm. not a lot of hair to even get humid at this point. But uh, listen, the waves were laid. I get a FaceTime call from dude. I'm thinking it's like a, I'm out the door. Can't wait to see you, beautiful type call. He said, hey, so my... <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know what I'm going to say. Hey, I'm dead. Okay, you're right, you're right, you're right. What did he say? He said, so my brother's in town. <laughs> your your brother... Okay. Okay. The you brother didn't know he was coming? You didn't know he was coming? And I see the brother, I see suitcases. So this isn't like a pop-up on you, hello. 
This is a planned stay. I see children. I hear children. And he goes, he goes, yeah, so he doesn't ask me anything. He doesn't propose anything. He goes, and we trying to watch the game. You knew this man was coming. You know, I hate that phrasing trying to do something because it implies that you are getting one, in the way of that thing. Did happening. I ask myself, oh, we have to where's the chicken? What happened to the chicken? Are you cooking it for your brother? to the chicken. Are you cooking it for your No, I don't even care. Send the chicken in the Uber furious. to my house. So I, oh. that's my, I need that. There was no chicken. There was never a chicken. That's no, the there, that's, no, there wasn't. There was never a chicken. That's exactly correct. I was correct. so bent. And we just stayed on the line. I I love letting somebody look stupid. So he said, you know, we're As trying to watch should. the game. I sat there. I said, okay, and? He goes, so, yeah. I was like, all right. Okay. We're going to. This, for me, it didn't feel like an issue of poor time management. This just felt like trash behavior. You're a piece of shit. Period. Period. Yeah, no. But also, like, here's the thing. That man did you a favor, okay? Because now you said, okay, end call, and I will never have to see, think, or consider you again. And so that to me, yep, that's it. And I, here's my thing. When I let my men down, and I do let them down, I like to send a message. Like, even if you've done me wrong, as long as it's, like, safe Mm. for me to say so. Again, so I'm not talking about, like, issues of physical safety, but, like, an issue like this, like, emotionally, like, Mm -hmm. I felt disrespected. So, like, I sent a message. I was a clear communicator. I never want another person that I'm dating to be able to say, Joy left me feeling unclear. I have no idea why she dipped or why she felt angry or what that was about. So I do send like my like administrative paragraphs. I've gotten them before. I'm going to send them back to you. In this case, I was like, <sighs> I was very insulted that you, you asked for my time. You asked for my time and disrespected it, that you didn't have the courage to tell me that you would like to reschedule. And I didn't feel like a priority. I was already ready. And Therefore, I'm not interested. Like, I, I would not like to. He goes, can we talk? Mm-hmm. He tried to give me a call. I think I, we, we what did he say? There's something here. We get, we ain't talked nothing but two weeks with some emojis. I said, absolutely not. But thank you for your service. F you, really. But like, thank you. And, and then it was an instant block. Mm-hmm. Have I seen, yeah, like, have I seen yeah. that go wrong? Sure. But I think the great thing about block is that you don't have to stick around to see how that's received. This season, we're reminding you what it means to be that girl, okay? From our style to our space and more, we're investing in our future and using our voices to lead the culture forward. So whether you're building ownership or building community, Target has what you need to celebrate your legacy your way. It feels like all of my past relationship experiences or dating experiences they give way to the things that I want now. I don't always think that's a bad thing. And I have one, but I don't know if I I don't know if it's gonna shake the table. Like nah, shake, shake the, the table. table. Let's go. Come on, shake the, the table. I'm holding, I'm holding myself. Okay. Please. A really Please. big green flag, which is by the same token, the opposite of it is a red flag. He must be black. He must be yeah. black. He must be of Negro descent. Okay. He can be Blackistani. He can be black and Thai, <laughs> Nigerian, Ghanaian, <laughs> Tongo, Kaluna, Anna, all of them. <laughs> Egyptian, <laughs> Egyptian, Asian, mm. white. Doesn't matter. Mm. Just as long mm. as he's black. Like that to me is, is something I want, something I need. I, I, I really think I woke up one morning and, and my outlook 
it changed, interestingly enough, like while I was with a white partner, but my partner knew that. Again, I'm like super open. Mm -hmm. So I was Mm -hmm. like, you know what? I feel like my preferences have shifted, but I love you, right? So they were really aware how I felt about my community. We explored what our relationship could be. It just didn't work out. And then in the future, I went, okay, I know what I want now. It's a black man. Yes. No colonization of these bodies. Yes. (laughs) Why is that so important for you for your partner to must be black? It's when the, the absence of it is like boring. The absence of it, I feel disconnected. I feel somewhat uninspired. I have plenty of non-Black friends and love them deeply. And I hope to continue to grow with them throughout my life. But it was a matter of, especially as I look for relationship outlook, like I want value alignment. I can't lie next to someone that I need to explain my lived experience to. And I need to validate my lived experience to. It's not that. And let uh, <laughs> let me be clear, uh, as Barack Obama, it's not that. Uh, it's not that every black man will share my vision. Uh, it's not that every black man will feel the same or have the same values. But it's just that once it is a black man, we're gonna start on the same basis of those things I don't have to say. Like I'm gonna mm-hmm. look at you, and we're there. When I hug you and I smell something on you, I'm like, mm, like, I have that in my house too. For me, I see sometimes online and in relationships, like for instance, I was on Instagram the other day, this black woman, white man, had a baby. She goes out of town. The wife shows him how to do the baby's hair before she leaves. It gets too difficult for him to do. So he goes and relaxes the baby's hair. Doesn't talk to the mama So she comes back to her Black child with relaxed hair. That's a conversation you have with your wife and you didn't have with her. And you was like, I don't see the big deal. And you not seeing the big deal is the problem. Now I'm in the back of a cop car and you are in a body bag. Why are you playing with me? It's a never for me. (laughs) Yeah, and then the the fact of the matter is you get mad at my child and you let the N-word slip. Please don't make me choose between you and my child because it's going to be them. It's going to be them every time. But I feel like, to be real, because this is a real conversation, I think for me, it's so it's so interesting because, like, my entire family, like, as I said, uh, I'm the only single person in my whole life. They're like, okay, so, like, you're going to marry a Black man. And I'm like, eh, they might not be either, okay? Like, they might not be Black and they may not be a man. So, boop, boop. And I think for me, like, that led to a lot of, like, tension. That led to a lot of guilt on my part. That led to a lot of, like, shame. I think, like, I grew up, as you know, like, around a lot of people who were not Black. I grew up in a very strong Black household, but I had friends, you know, who were white, Black, brown, Puerto Rican, or Haitian, all, like, across the spectrum. And so I've had experiences with men and women and just people across the spectrum of that, right? And for me, I have finally now, at my age of 32, gotten to a place where I accept the fullness of who I am. And if I can accept that, then I certainly deserve that kind of love that comes with that, whatever that package is. And so I think for me, it's taken me so long to accept those pieces of myself and not feel like guilty for dating a white man or an Asian woman and or, you know, feeling weird about that. And so now I'm at a place where I'm like, you know what? No, like whatever love comes in, whatever that package is, like I'm at a place where I can accept that. And that is like beautiful for me. But I hear everything you guys are saying, but 
frankly, I'm just tired of feeling guilty about not dating a specific type of person, whether that is a black man or or whatever that is. And so, um, you feel guilty? for me, I just I had to let that go and be okay with it. Extremely, like I wouldn't like I literally, guys, in my twenties, I would not like. I would hide the men I was dating. Like, mm-hmm. I wouldn't bring them home. Like, I wouldn't tell people. I also would hide them because they were terrible. Shout out to all of you. Um, so, like, wow. I—and so there was a lot of that. Yeah, and I think I think that was just, like, attention and something within me that I had to let go. And so I also get nervous when we have these conversations because— when we we're talking about this and we're talking about picking black men, it's it's I get nervous too because sometimes black men don't pick us back. Yeah. And I get nervous about it's what true. that means and what we are giving up in order to create a certain type of family. And I'm just I'm just gonna leave that there. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, I just, oh, I, hold I, on. I just, I'm gonna leave that oh. there. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Like <laughs> I, I hear that, Chelsea. Like when I was younger, certainly it always felt like especially as a dark-skinned Black woman, I'm just not desired, period. doesn't matter who's at the table. I'll always be the last we pick for the teams, for the recess, for the whatever, um, especially romantically. wasn't asked out until I was 16. And then that desirability factor only came when I was in a super, like, mixed, like, ethnically mixed environment. But this aspect of, like, but they're not picking us back— By the same token that I hope that no one feels the need to suffer an unhealthy relationship just to be with a partner of a certain race or a certain gender or a certain religion, never that. And this is just a disclaimer because I feel like some people will hear this and be like, see, y'all got preferences. When I have preferences, y'all be on my back. This is a disclaimer. Nobody is sitting up. Have you heard us say... Black men ain't did that. We we have not we have not dragged anybody on that type of wave. So don't use this conversation as a gaslighting mechanism against women to say, "See, y'all have preferences, and when we have, y'all preferences are motivated by different things. Our preferences are motivated by safety and family longevity. Your preferences are motivated by colorism most of the time. So just put that in your pocket, sweetheart. That's one thing. Second thing, Chelsea, sweetie. That was a powerful message because I feel like it shows that there are different types of Black people out here. My cup of tea is not your cup of tea, and I'm still cool with that. I feel like that shows people that two people who don't necessarily agree on certain things can still be in the same space and be friends. And that's okay. And I feel like that's what needs to be understood. But, Anaya, I want to ask you about this because you also, I know, have had different experiences with different folks around different colors. So tell us a little bit about sort of for you, where where you fall in that. Yeah, you know, starting off the history of this love life, I am a Nigerian woman and I grew up around mostly Nigerian people. And so my dream was to marry a Nigerian Yoruba man. Let me tell you something. I <laughs> suffered. So I said, you know what? I don't think that's God's, like, that's not my lot in life. I have, I can't do it. Culturally, we are aligned. Mentally, emotionally, I don't think it's going to work. So there was a point where I was like, you know what? I'm also on the the black men only wave. I don't really have time to be explaining stuff and doing things. I've dated a lot of black men that had a lot of just solidarity that you don't have to ask for. It's just a given, right? And it's just there. But also I think that there's something to be said. Like I moved to New York and it's a lot of fine people out here. I'm not going to lie to you. Men be looking good across the spectrum. They are mentally, emotionally, is it great? I don't know, but they're fine though. 
And so I was like, let me open myself up. Also, when I started like changing my look, I had a huge fro. I have a fro again. When I had braids, when I was wearing wigs, when I had a fade, the different types of men were coming to me. And so growing up, I only was attracting Black men, only attracting African men. But all of a sudden, somebody was like, excuse me, I am Colombian. Let's go out. And I'm like, okay, yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. And so I opened it up. So now I'm in a place now where I date all men except for white men. I'm so sorry. Sorry to myself for even taking it to that place because I think that you know when something doesn't suit you. Something doesn't suit you. I dated a a spicy Parmesan white man from Italy. Very (laughs) sexy. He was very fine. But there are a lot of things, a lot of red, red, red flags that I overlooked because he looked good. Things like comparing slavery to veganism. If y'all want to get details about it, DM me because I will tell you everything. Things like that. Not understanding blackness. Not understanding why I talk so much about race. Not understanding why I was so passionate about certain things. And I thought, damn, why do I have to keep explaining myself? Why do I have to keep teaching? And that's one thing that I feel like in my life now, I'm not interested in teaching every single day of my life. There are certain things that you should just know. And if you don't know, you need to go find out for yourself. Same as I did. Right? Again, I am you. You are me. Your stance is basically where I am at in AA. Like Chelsea, you know, when I was going to school, like grade school, I was in a predominantly white environment. But I did also have a lot of like multicultural and ethnically mixed experiences. So I grew up with the mentality of like, yeah, I'll date anybody. Like, I'm cool. But then I had my Black awakening where I got to a place of thinking, you know, seeing everything going on in the world and just understanding what has happened to us historically. Like, do I even feel safe with a white partner? Like, do I want to have to teach and explain my existence? Do I want to have to teach and explain, like, why certain things upset me? Why why certain things are triggering for me? And then, like, even, like, the simpler things, right? Like, I don't want to have to explain my satin pillowcase or my bonnet to you. Like, I, I just I just want to exist, especially after this past year. Like, I just, I'm tired and I don't feel like it. <laughs> like, I could not imagine having been in quarantine with a white partner. Like, having to explain all of this. Like, I just don't, I don't have the patience. I don't. I'm going to recuse myself from that note. But what I will say, okay, is something I will never do is date a white woman. That That's just like a bridge too far, I think, in my brain. Like, it just, it's not going to work with Becky. I love you, though. <laughs> it's just not going to work. Now I want to see the day that I see Chelsea stand by a Karen. I want to see a white woman just giving, <laughs> you can't park here. And then Chelsea's hiding <laughs> behind a tree, two feet over, like, yeah, that's my, that's my girl. I'm going to stick beside her. <laughs> I'm waiting on the day. You guys, don't manifest that. Zero, just you don't. No, do not. You guys have zero faith in me. But I, I want to get into a little bit. Now that we've established the rules, the red flags, the green flags, who we're dating. Okay, we finally got the chicken. We're on the date. Okay, so when we're talking about dating, like... How are we finding these people? Are are you a casual dater? Are you only into relationship things? Like, I feel like we need to drop some gems for our audience about where we're even finding these partners and these people and, and how we date well, frankly. Yes, I keep getting these questions of like, where do you even find these guys? I'm like, online. As scary as that sounds, the hinges, bumbles, blacks, leagues, rias, tinders, da-da-da, of the world— Like, this is where you can find people, especially during the pandemic. I know there are a lot of people, my friends especially, who are like, 
I just prefer to meet someone in person. I prefer to be, you know, walked up on or approached. I sure don't. Like, I talk a big game. I always say that I would love to have like a little meet cute in person. But truly, every single time that it's happened, whether I've been in an airport lounge or parking my car at the bank, if someone walks up to me, I immediately clam up. I just, everything just immediately zips. I'm like on danger mode. I'm in defense. So for me, online dating is a space where I feel like I am in control, right? You can even change your settings on some apps to where no one sees you until you see and indicate that you're interested in them. And that feels like really safe and comfortable to me. So that's why I've been finding these dudes. I always say for women who are shooting their shot online um, or just people in general, like don't shoot it in a way that you wouldn't want to receive, right? So we've all, I think, had the experience of like being on the street, being catcalled or online and someone sends you a crazy message. Like don't be that person, right? Just to get attention. You don't have to do all that. Hey is not the message. Hey is dead. Hey doesn't leave anywhere to go, but trying like a really funny line of like a wait, pause, what did you say? Or talking about their pet to like just something that you share in common. It's easy. Don't overcomplicate it. Someone who's really open to meeting you, receiving you honestly doesn't care like what that opening line is. So I try not to overthink it. But for me, I do consider my dating life to kind of happen in seasons. So when I started hopping on the apps, I was like, very intentional. I was like, I'm going to find a love that's just as meaningful and deep and serious and committed as the one that I was in. And that didn't happen. I went on a series of really cool dates. I was left in the dust. I was pursued in ways that I didn't like, just had some experiences. So I felt like I was unwillingly pushed into casual season. And then Mm. I was pushed by my own volition, like, no, I'm going to come back up out of this. Went back into intentional. And then of my own volition for the first time, went back to casual. And casual, like the something casual program is a really wide reaching kind of term for me. And I use it in my comedy. But that just means to me, not spending every single second with someone trying to figure it out. Not spending every single second trying to build a relationship or, you know, like that, are you my mother book with the duck is walking around trying to find their mommy. Are you my husband? Like, we don't need to do that. We can just we can just sit on this picnic blanket and you can feed me mangoes and I will look pretty. So that's what I've been on. And when I show up and I just say, hey, like, which is the truth of where I've been in the past, I would say like the past three, four months where I'm actually just not emotionally available. So I started this journey being so intentional and then found myself in a place where I'm like, Due to me being burned out or I just graduated a master's program that I was in full-time while working, I just don't have it for you genuinely. Now I understand those guys that I met that said, hey, you're cool, but I don't have it. I really know where they're at. And so me using Maya's tenets, me being openly communicative to these guys of, I see you, I'm interested in you, I really like you, but there's a lot going on. The world is heavy on my heart. I'm grieving. I'm busy. I'm building a business. They're really receptive to that. So I'm able to date now in a way that's much slower, much less, I'm going to block you the first thing you do. But just let's see like how people come into and out of my life. Mm, There was so much in there. And I hope you guys were really just like taking notes because you're right. Like I love also you're just saying about like setting your intentions and being very clear with them. And also just like not taking this shit too seriously. That honestly, Joy, is like that's why like I feel like I'm very good at dating because I don't take this shit very seriously. And it's just like, hey, you know what? 
let's see if we vibe. Let's be present. Let's be real. And let's go from there. And I feel like that's something that you don't hear very often because dating has become almost a chore, right? It feels like, okay, if I get through this list, if I get through, I just have to get through this list to get to the end, right? A to-do list rather than like enjoying the fact that you can just have fun with it and you can enjoy that like journey a little bit and also like be silly with it, right? Like you get to like discover different parts about you with different people. And one other thing that I just want to like call it what you said, just like sitting around being able to like eat mangoes with someone that just like brought up something that Anae, you, you talked about a little bit about like being able to when you're dating and what you're looking for and as you're going out to potentially feel like soft with someone, right? And I think like that is such a huge thing, again, especially for us as Black women. Like, can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, I mean, I think that especially with people who have have so many like boundaries and, and like a defense mechanism up, you want to meet someone who gives you a reason to bring those down. Obviously, you're doing the work on your own. You're obviously trying to put yourself out there and be more open-minded and open-hearted as well. I've been thinking, I was like, I feel like I'm I'm going out into these places with a closed fist. And I'm just kind of like, I'll, I'll fight you, but I want to mm. be open-handed. But at the same time, I'm looking to give from these open hands, but also to receive. These people don't have anything. They don't give you anything. There's no reassurance. There's no communication. There's no reason for me to feel soft. And I feel like for me, I'm in a place now where I have been very, the nicest I have ever been to these men. And anyone who dated me prior to 2021 would look at me now and be like, well, what's up? Because you was beating me up back in the day. You was bullying me before. And I'm like, I'm different now because I want softness. That's what I like. I'm say, I always tell people I'm in my baby girl era. I want to be lavished. I want to luxuriate. I want to be spoiled. And I want to meet someone who makes me feel safe enough to like not be tough. And Naya, when you do that, when you step out and you're just like, I want to be soft, I feel like it also lets the people you're dating do that too. So like we can all take part and not just like, oh, for myself, I'm looking for these soft experiences. Like, hey, babe, like you can be soft. Telling, especially guys, like how often do they hear, I don't need you to do X, Y, and Z. Like, just be present. Just be here. That would be great. Just to lay with me. Just to sit next to me. Let's just, let's just look up at the sky. Let's just people watch and invent little stories for people that we see around us. Like claiming those small moments instead of them feeling like, oh, I got to bust out a $200 date. I need to, you know, put on this shirt that I hate or these shoes that make me feel... Like, let's all just enable and encourage each other to kind of like be soft and be gentle. And like, one of the questions I'll ask guys, what are you into? What do you like the most? What makes you feel really good? Like, what makes you feel really good and really comfortable? They just stop. They haven't been asked that question. I'd be like, even if it's like, what gets you going? Like, what does it for you? They'd be like, no one's ever asked me that before. Oh my damn. Yeah. I've heard I've heard that. And it's it's so amazing how something so simple can be so profound for someone, right? Like I've literally been in situations where, like, let's say we're playing a date or whatever, and guys like, well, what you want to do? You want to do this, want to do that? And it's like all this extravagant stuff. And I'm like, honestly, like I, I really appreciate the effort that you're putting into this. But being you is just enough right now. And they're just like, Wow. <laughs> like they like you said, they've never heard that before. And we need more of that. We need to, we need to create these safe spaces for us to be vulnerable with one another. Yeah. It's interesting because I think that because there's been so many like expectations for guys, a lot of them don't have as you're trying to figure it out, you're trying to help them get to that place of softness. I feel like there's so much like 
performing that they feel like they have to do. And that's the hardest part. It's like you're trying to perform, you know, masculinity. You're trying to perform coolness. And for me, I'm like, bro, like, let's keep it cute. Let's keep it simple. I'm not really with all of the big stuff. Let's just talk. So I don't know. It's It sucks because if I hear what y'all are saying and I love like, I feel like it's a little birdish to be like, well, what do you, what do you like, King? But I would love to be a bird. I would love to ask somebody <laughs> what chirp, makes chirp. him take, what makes him feel good. But I'm like, it's literally like chipping at a brick wall. You're hitting, you're trying to get through to this person and you're just like, this is so much work. Is it worth it? How long yeah. am I going to be asking these questions? How long am I going to be trying to pull softness out of a person? And I, I feel like there's some people with more patience than I am, which is why, like I said, I'm on the sidelines right now because I don't have it. I feel like you have to be very patient with dating. And that's something like, Joy, I feel like you have so much patience and so much like grace for people, which is so necessary. Me, I'm, I'm not there yet. God is helping me. The therapist is he's helping very me. Good. He's very good. All the time. He's helping me. All the time. But I feel like you have to be patient to pull the softness out of a person. So I hear y'all. Yeah. It's clicking. <laughs> and I think one of the things that like, also, Maya, you were talking about is this idea of like communication, right? Yeah. Because when I'm saying, you know, like people can change their minds, but like, let's talk about it. <laughs> like if, if this isn't working for you and you want to get off the train, tell me now. Like it's it's not that hard. Just like speak up. Here's your stop. Like I'm giving you really an option. The the car is leaving. So if you're in in it, be in it with me. But if not, tell me now. Like you say, is the fear of rejection, but I also think people don't know how to navigate this dating space. We don't know or we feel as though our feelings when they are how they are, we should ignore them because we're supposed to be in these relationships when it It's like, girl, just like you practice a sport, you got to practice this dating stuff. So if at some point y'all both agreed to be casual and somebody's feelings change, which is natural, you spend a lot of time together, you end the bed with him, of course. Hello. Just say, you know, sir, let's have a conversation. I know we said we were going to be casual, but you did that thing last night and we're no longer casual anymore. So I'm going to need some communication on how to move forward because I honestly don't know if I can just be casual with you. And he has the right to be like, girl, we talked about this. You know, I'm like, okay, sir, I'm going to need, you know, I'm going to need my termination papers because I can't do this. I know what you can do now, and I don't want to think about you doing that with anybody else. So I need my walking papers immediately. And now starts my recovery process. For me, it was like, I just know that I don't like cognitive dissonance. So what drives me is I can't be in a state where I feel something, something is on my heart and it's on my mind, but I'm doing something different and I'm hiding it from you and I'm keeping it from you. And this goes far beyond romantic relationships for me. It's why a lot of close friendships blew up, right? Um, Or eroded. It's why in business situations, I move and I get what I want. It's because I can't be thinking and feeling one thing and then act differently. So for me, I was in a situation where when I was dating someone, I very quickly was like, yo, like, I like this guy. Like, he's cute. When he pulls up, I get butterflies, but like good butterflies. I feel safe with them. And I just felt like everything was being checked off in a sense. So there were definitely things about them that I was curious to learn that may not have fit like traditionally who I would go for. But for the most part, Really quickly, I was like, you know what? I could see something. And funny enough, they were like, yeah, if I was in a different place, I could see a relationship with you too. So that encouraged me. And that's when the feelings came out. And 
this was the first time, and I really hope, I feel like a pick me ambassador saying this, but just clarification, I was not trying to get picked. I knew that there was no future. I felt like I had feelings faster and they weren't going to be returned, but I was comfortable staying because everything was being met. And I realized there was just no pressure. There's no pressure for me to be with that partner tomorrow. So I stayed with them. I was like, hey, I like you. Like I came out and I said it, um, meaning I have romantic feelings. For him, he was like, I like you too, you know? But And he gave me a forehead kiss while he said it. Darn it. <laughs> See, he and then he was like, you. I know that. He played no, with no, you. No, 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 but listen. <laughs> he played with But you. he didn't because for me, I go on a man's word, right? Like men and their actions, I'm sorry, we really just can't trust. But for those who are unfortunately attracted to men like I am, you know that their word, like when they get the courage to say something, like they mean it. And so, especially if it's a negative thing. And here's like a tip or advice, I guess, that I would have is in these romantic situations where we find that we're so pulled and so attracted. I have small ears, but listen to the the worst part of what they say or the most negative part of what they say, not the most positive part. So you remember mm. this person said, yeah, if I was in a different place, I could see something with you. A romantic would just run with that and be like, he likes me. Like, hold on, hold on. Yeah, he said he likes you, but he also said what? If he was in a different place, meaning he's not in that place, meaning he doesn't like you. Like for men, I feel like you just need to peel back those layers a bit. So he was really clear with me. He said, I like you. It just means something else to me. Like when I'm around you, it just doesn't feel like when I'm in that relationship space. And so I felt stronger, but we had a really open communication about it. And I felt comfortable. We were having fun. There was no pressure. So I was like, cool. I'm going to just keep this up. And to this day, like we still chat. And I think that that is a rare relationship and it's something I hadn't done before. But this was the first time that I felt safe to just keep going. And then guess what happened? Eventually the crush went away. Eventually yeah. it no longer made sense for me to spend as much time as I was spending because that intentional bug came back, right? And we made a peaceful transition into like continuing to date other people. So to me, that was the only time that I've done that. And I would just like for us to open up the door to not think that that's a waste of time. I know, ooh, I know that somebody's ooh, ooh. listening to what I just said and it's said, me. okay, I'm so. listening. <laughs> <laughs> what? What did she say? Auntie, please. Auntie was fun. Like we went on so many really cool, fun dates, had a great time. There was amazing food, put on to like different TV shows, different movies, like it's just like hanging out with a friend, but a friend who's really fine. And I think that that's okay. So to me, like, I think that I keep hearing wasted my time. He wasted your time. Or even Maya, like your first initial defensive instinct, oh, he's playing with you. It's like, no, he's telling me two things that are contradictory. Don't kiss my forehead if you're not my man. That's it. That's my rule. <laughs> That's the only reason I said that. Don't kiss my forehead if you're not my man, please. Thank you. Telling me two things that are contradictory, but both of them are true. And so accepting the duality of someone else's truth, accepting that I really deeply enjoy this person, but we're not going anywhere. I really like the time that we're spending, but my family wouldn't approve. Like opening up whatever those truths are, hold space for both of them and then rock with it. This is what the love drive, Sean, he says this all the time, you know, go with it for as long as it makes sense for you. And that's exactly mm. what I did. I really needed to hear that. I have such an issue with like being present and dating. Yeah. Like of all dating lessons that I need to learn personally, it's that one. Because going back to the whole 
self-reflection piece. And, you know, I was talking about like my list of values and trying to keep that in mind. I think sometimes I hold on to that so tight that I don't allow myself to just be with whatever it is and really examine it and understand like the flavors and the sensations and all that stuff. And then better understand what I want going forward. Like I just, I'm so quick to just like shut it out. Because who's who's telling you that you're running out of time? Oh, Right? And it's that aspect of people who went through something trying to tell you, oh, well, when I was your age, I wish that I would have done this because I would have had a head start. We don't need to optimize romantic relationships the way we do careers. This isn't a ladder to climb. Mm. It's a journey and you can meet people. Sorry, Joy, you are preaching and I was not ready for church today. Oh my gosh, Joy. It's because I have to ask myself these same questions. Like, why why did I tell myself that at 23, I need to make like a sustained, meaningful? Where did I learn that from? How important is that to where I'm at in my life? Is it what my body wants? Is it what my heart wants? Maybe. And there's an aspect of spirituality for this, you know, in this for me too, where I'm like, if I actually just trust that there's a plan and I just kind of kick back, I'm going to see it unfold and I'm going to see it unfold in ways that I couldn't predict. So for me, it was just like, dang, who's telling me that it has to be that serious? Who's telling me that I need to like keep this timeline? I need to X these people. Like, where are all those lessons coming from? Why am I in a rush? But I think like that, that is so true. It's like, whose timeline is this on? Who are you doing this for? And if it's not for you, don't do it, boo-boo. Like that, that's really what I think we're all sort of talking about. And I think, again, if you are in a space and a place to date and have a relationship, go do that, like step into that. But if you are single and you are loving it and you just want to love on yourself, like please, please allow yourself the space to do that because you got to love you before you can love anyone else. And I think if nothing else, that is what I wish for our audience to love themselves in the way that they deserve to be loved. And that's what we're setting that intention for. So you will be, whatever that looks like. And with that, we have reached the end of our, like, such an amazing conversation. I am, like, so lifted and I'm so just, like, honored to have had this discussion with you all. But... Wait, we are not quite done yet because we've also reached the part of the discussion entitled the Don't At Me. And in case you didn't know, you're new, you're true, or you just want to hear me say it again, the Don't At Me is the part of the discussion meant to tie a bow on our full, full conversation, give you some food for thought, and just some energy to move about the rest of your day with. And in case, again, the name wasn't clear, you can't add us, okay? Nothing. Nunca. Known, nine, no, heart emoji, okay? And for this Don't At Me, I think it is only appropriate that we give the mic back to Miss Joy over here who is preaching. So go ahead and take it away, Joy. Uh, Chelsea, uh, I just want to say, my fellow go-offs listeners, don't at me for what I'm about to say. Uh, Can we look at this conversation from different lenses? Yes, we can. And I just... <laughs> Hold on, y'all. I got it. I got it. I know I got it. There are many ways to identify the partners that you want to have. Uh, I identified Michelle, and uh, she identified me. Uh, you might want a lawyer. You might want uh, your local Amazon Prime driver. Uh, you might want uh, that person from high school that you've been ignoring. 
that you think you're too good for. But it doesn't matter. Uh, you might want someone on the south side of Chicago, and you should go get them. So, <laughs> when it comes to flags, there are green ones, there are red. I really wish the flag was red, white, and blue, because then we'd all be on the same page. But the truth is that it's not. The truth is, you might want someone who's on time. Uh, the truth is, you might want someone to waste your time. You might even want someone to ruin your life. Uh, if you want it, say it. I sat down with uh, an average Nigerian-American. Uh, her name was Anaye, and she's from a small town in Somewheresville, USA. And she told me how much she struggles to be vulnerable with her partners. I said to Anaye, if you have a struggle, tell your partners what that struggle is. If you struggle with time, uh, if you don't want to date white women, uh, you don't have to do that. And uh, Anaye said, uh, that's not me. Uh, that's Chelsea. <laughs> but uh, Maya said, if Chelsea marries a white woman, I will pick them up from the pumpkin patch. Maya said, I will be there to support, to love, to care. So if you have preferences, exercise those preferences. Don't worry about what your friends have to say. Don't worry about what your mother has to say, unless she's a licensed therapist like Stephanie's. Uh, don't worry about all that. Just move with intention. Uh, move casually. Be open. Be communicative. And don't be afraid to let people down. Don't be afraid to be flawless. Don't be afraid to wake up, to post up, to rise up. Don't at me. This is Joy, thanks. <laughs> what the hell's going on? No, 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 no. I had to mute. I had to mute because I would have that whole thing up. <laughs> I hate you. I hate you, Joy, for that. The Go Off This Podcast is a Refinery29 original. It is produced by Rashad Isaac, Crystal Devone, Jordan Mason, and me, Chelsea Sanders. It's edited by Hanger Studios. My co-hosts today were Stephanie Long, Maya Carmichael, and Inaye Comanivo. Like what you heard and want some more? Head over to Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you listen to podcasts to catch up on all episodes. And don't forget to drop a review or leave a comment to let us know what you think. You can also find us where it all started, on Instagram, at R29Unbothered. Thanks for listening, and don't forget, it's okay to go off, sis. Money world.